Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Door Bumper Clear and I'm Jason Schultz. Our spotters are back from Atlanta where Freddie Kraft picked up the Xfinity Series win. We'll talk about that, cover the games being played at the end of pit road, debate the length of the Atlanta race, and hear which driver the guys believe should be fined. It all starts right now on DBC. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car, and uh, joining me is uh, not feeling well today. I feel great, I'm just sleep deprived and maybe, uh, maybe I need a Bloody Mary. Brett Riffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, who had a ending to a good day yesterday in Atlanta. Hotlanta. Yeah. Hotlanta. It was hot. I told y'all. What's up? Freddie Kraft spotted for Bubba Wallace. He was hot. Um, and I had old AJ on Saturday. That was a good day. Derek Krause had a good day, too, in the truck. So Saturday was a good day. Sunday, eh, we had a decent day going and had a loose wheel. Kind of ruined our day. But Saturday was pretty good. Casey, Hello, bring woman. some excitement to this show because so far we're, we're we're not having a very good intro here, and you haven't said a word since you got on this Zoom. So I don't bring have it. to because y'all will not stop talking. You're gr- you're not. so grumpy this morning, Brett. It's kind of annoying. You were grumpy when we told you the light was too white. Oh, well, I don't know what to do. I literally paid for a light that's not even working. I mean, last week it worked great. You look, yeah, I think I, I think it's a little bit better. You look a little bit better right now, for sure, than what you did. The solution is we actually get back in the studio and act like we can be normal around here again. Is anybody else down with that? I don't know if Casey's down with that. (laughs) Uh, I'd be down if we're still social distancing. We do have a pretty big table, so. We definitely have a table built for social distancing. (laughs) As long as uh, we just have to put Brett and Freddie next to each other, since they're with each other a lot anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. They don't need to social distance as much. No. I love how I love how we get on these airplanes and like we, we sit on each other's lap and then when you get off the plane, they're like everybody's social distance. And I'm like, Whoa, we were just on a plane. Like the, you can't social I don't know if you guys thought, know this, but you can't social distance on a plane. 
I thought that they were trying to social distance up on the plane too, so I guess not. We were. We were yeah, distanced were on the plane pretty well. So you yeah, were what, one person per row? Were one person per plane? Uh, almost one person per row. There, there might have been one row that had two or something like that. But everyone's pretty spread out. You're staggered and stuff. I mean, as good I'm as you sorry. Can this is so. This this whole. If you're old, if you're at risk, you need to you need to be careful. But this beyond that, this is so ridiculous. And look, I know we have state guidelines we got to obey. I know NASCAR's doing everything the right way. But I'm so over this crap. Like you go one place and it's normal. You go to the next place and it's like you're in a different country. I'm over it. I want to go back to normal immediately. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I I'm realizing now that whether you're tired and grumpy or you're as happy as a clam, you still complain equally as much. So I I'm not complaining. I'm saying that this is stupid. Let's go back to normal immediately. Press the button. Reset. And I'd like to shout out our lovely producer, Jason, who is also on the call. It's not really our producer anymore. He's more of the Delgier Island. <laughs> our part-time producer, Jason our part-time Schultz. Producer, Thank yeah. you, Casey. I'd like to congratulate Freddie Kraft on his victory on Saturday. Yeah. His first ever Xfinity Series win, Mr. Freddie Kraft. Oh, yeah. wow. That's your first Xfinity win ever? Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I lost that. I, I spotted for William in that race that he lost for by, to Denny by a bumper, and it's been driving me crazy for about four years, and I didn't have one. Yeah. What was so that, Michigan was or something? Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, I was filling in for Earl. Earl had some kind of family problem and uh, had to fill in. Almost won that one. It drove me crazy. I know it drives Bubba crazy. Hopefully, we can get Bubba a one before before he's done. But uh, you lost to Denny Hamlin in an by a bumper, race. and he was cheating. We lost by the length of a splitter, and he had an illegal splitter. So wow. I mean, I, I was I was kind of a kick in the Back balls. Back then, you got to keep your win when you cheated. Yeah. Now you can't keep your win anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, How'd you celebrate? Uh, same way as always. Waited for Brett to get there and went to a bar and drank as much as I possibly could. You for can't a couple celebrate hours. the night before a race. Did you guys see that I Twitter did. picture that I put out after Freddie won that <laughs> race? Though I was like, that "Hey, was Freddie cool. won the race. Uh, good thing he's off tomorrow." Which obviously you weren't off the next day. The picture was taken at Hello Sailor, which is a restaurant here on Lake Norman. For those of you who knew, and it was a fun place. It was called the Rusty Rudder. And this boat, I got a friend that uh, works there, and this boat rolls up with these three guys on it, and they're slamming into the boat dock like it's a complete disaster. And he leaves these two guys passed out on this boat. And the medics had to come and tend to these people. Like, what an idiot. Wow. Was Freddie yeah. okay? I was okay. <laughs> I made it to work. <laughs> I, I, I mean, geez, you got to see this picture. It looks like a movie scene. But, yeah, no, we just went out, had some couple beers and got some food and hung out with our buddy Justice from SHR, ran into my pit crew, which was a really cool part about the win on Saturday was it was also my pit crew from the 43. So, uh, you know, and they actually had the, what, I mean, it was, couldn't have played out any better. We had a great pit stop. We were running about fifth all race, had a great pit stop, came out third, and then the two leaders got caught speeding on the last pit stop. So just handed us the lead of the race and we checked out from there. But I was like, I don't know what AJ was thinking. We come off every third and with that backstretch, I'm like, hey, guess what? You're, uh, you're leading now. <laughs> He's both guys in front of you and the 22 actually, who was right behind us, who was also pretty good. Uh, they all got busted on the last stop, but 22 didn't have tires, so we weren't worried about him anymore. So the synergy around the race is weird, right? Obviously, no fans are there. Obviously, you know, we, we get there, we park, we walk to wherever the hell they put us. But you win the race, 
and you cannot go inside of the racetrack. We physically, spotters are not allowed on the infield. So what's going through your mind after you win? Are you like, I just stand here and watch this guy do a burnout? You go to your car? Like, I mean, obviously you can't go, you can't even go take a picture with this guy. Yeah, it was like, you know, we're pretty pumped up on the radio, obviously. AJ, I didn't even realize this beforehand, but that was his first oval win. And something that, I mean, I guess it's been like his number one goal in the sport. So he was going a on the radio, like just screaming, thanking colleague and everybody. And then got, you know, got him around front and just said, you know, good job or whatever. So then, like you said, like he's over there doing a burnout. I just start taking my stuff off and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go back to the hotel now. <laughs> like it's, it's the end of it. So yeah, it was, it was definitely different, but you know, still pretty cool at the same time. So last night, Tim Fedor wins a race with Harvick and it's the same thing. Like I get to the airport, I get on the airplane, five steps later, here's Tim Fedor. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't supposed to be this way, man. You just won the race and you're getting on the air. What a weird, weird deal, man. But uh, congrats. That's cool to win your first Xfinity Series race. Uh, always fun to win races. I mean, dude, that's what we do this for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, winning winning doesn't suck. <laughs> never has, never will. No. A little bit different <laughs> no. than what it used to look like, but hopefully winning we'll is, okay. uh, Winning is definitely fun. It is different not being able to go to victory lane, but at least we're back at the racetrack competing and getting you know it seems like we're taking small steps every week to getting the back somewhat normal um you know i don't know it's going to take time and and uh stuff like that but hey i think it's still been a huge success for nascar to to set go through all the work they went through to get us all back at the racetrack and so far everything they've done has been flaw i mean seamless and great no practice the tech's working great um, they're doing the procedures before the race, I think, giving us a pit road run and stuff. Everything's going really good. So, um, you know, great for them. Hopefully we can just keep taking small steps at getting back to more of a, a normal race weekend. So, Freddie, you uh, you obviously in Xfinity Series have had an opportunity to spot for a lot of fast cars on a regular basis, right? So last year you were full-time Johnny Davis. This year you had to pick, do a part-time car, with AJ Allmendinger or do another full-time deal where you probably aren't going to win. How do you go about making the decision of shifting from that car that couldn't win where you can have a job and work every week and get paid every week versus, you know, working for a deal where you know, you only are going to race eight, 10 times a year. Yeah. I mean, and this is something we talked about because you're kind of the one that brought this deal to me and you know, it's just what we talked about. Winning's everything, man. You want to win races and, not that I, I love Johnny Davis. I love Brian Barry, the GM over there. Them guys treat you better than most car owners in the sport will. I mean, you get a text from them every race saying, thanks for take, you know, taking care of my race car, keeping it clean. And that's after a 23rd place finish. You know what I mean? They don't, they, they, they know what they're there for. They appreciate it. Um, obviously, the higher you go up on a team, the pay scale is a little bit better also. So, and that's just what they can afford. It's not that they don't, you know, appreciate the spotter, but they just can't afford to have the same budget as a team like Colleague can. So, you know, it kind of between the money and the ability to to win races. I'd rather do ten races and have a shot at winning every ten, all of them, than hoping to run twentieth for the whole season. You know, I mean, it's just in my brand, it was a no brainer. Um, obviously, I paid off, won a race. I think we're going to probably win some more here. Um, so, I was. I was it really was a no-brainer for me, but that was just a thought process going into it. It's, you know, you're there to win races. You want to win races. Um, you know, it helps your notoriety. It helps you, you know, you can say next time you're looking for a gig, yeah, you know, I got Xfinity win on my resume now. Freddie's confident now. 
I mean, I've always been confident. <laughs> I, I, I won a lot of races back in the day, but you know, it's it's been a struggle the last few years. I mean, we won a bunch of truck races and and won one last year at Talladega with Spencer Boyd. But you know, it you when you grow up short tracks, winning races every week, and then you get to this level and you're you're hoping to run twentieth. It, it wears on you. It wears on you a lot, you know. And and if you go through that for three or four years, you know, it starts to starts to make this stuff not fun. So that's what made moments like Saturday a lot better for me. There's a handful of guys that can win races, and, and I mean, I'm talking about guys that are sitting in the seat. So it's important as spotters to try to get with those handful of guys. I mean, you want – it's no fun. Look, man, I was having a blast yesterday spotting when we were leading the race. When we got back there running seventh and eighth, I was like, this is the worst, <laughs> most boring race I've ever seen in my life. Get me off the roof. I got to do something different. I'm going crazy up here. I'm bored to death. Like, it's crazy how the same race – Leading is fun, and running seventh, you're like, oh, I need a five-hour energy. I'm bored to death back here. You should have came back there with me and Freddie. Jesus. What the hell are you doing back there? I finished me? behind both <laughs> you guys because I couldn't stop blowing freaking no, tires. You passed, you passed me on the last lap. And well, that's because your, your guy was passing out. Man. He is fine, by the way. I've seen everybody. I seen a bunch of posts. I think I saw one on Reddit last night asking if he was going to run Martinsville because he's so beat up yesterday. He's fine. Just dehydrated. Not the first time. Won't be the last, probably. It's important to eat good, kids, drink your water, and have a workout regimen. Extremely important in racing. Yeah. Maybe uh, some goldfish in there, too. <laughs> uh, the goldfish ain't the problem. It's the damn Coca-Cola and Sprite, I think. He, I mean, he just hates water. And uh, he's finally gotten into it a little bit the last couple of years. But he's had a lot, you know, uh, he's had a lot going on. He's put a lot on his shoulders the last week. And... He also, I've seen this happen before when he's super mad. We we got, they called, NASCAR took a race away from us basically at Iowa one day. And, you know, he was got out of the car fuming mad or a truck. It was a truck race. And I, the same thing happened. The eyes rolled back in his head and, and went down. And I think it's just that, you know, he gets himself so angry. The high, you know, the blood pressure gets up and the adrenaline's crashing at the same time. And I, that's, I mean, on top of being super hot and super dehydrated yesterday, I'm sure some of that played as a part in it too, where he's had a super emotional week and, and it's coming down off of that after the race is over. It just, just didn't mix well, but he's fine. I talked to him last night. He's all good, ready to go for Martinsville Wednesday. All right. Well, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. What is OfferPad? Well, put simply, we're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern home selling solution with a personalized human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. We buy your home from you so you can move forward the moment you're ready. We've had the pleasure of helping thousands of happy home sellers, and we'd love to help you. Getting started is easy. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. Why is Offer pad the better way because we give you what traditional selling can't certainty and control selling to offer pad means no showings you pick your closing day and we'll even move you locally for free we have a 94 percent satisfaction score and a a plus bbb rating for a reason it truly is a better way so start thinking about where you want to live next get excited about making that move with offer pad you're sold go to offerpad.com and request your free purchase offer today offer pad move freely Spot on, spot on, spot off. Spot off, spot off. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. 
First topic, spot on, spot off, drivers jockeying for position at the end of pit road for specific restart lanes. How about Freddie? Uh, spot off just for the for the jockeying part at the end of pit road. You know, you don't, this is how cars get tore up. I was, the one time it looked ridiculous was, I think it was the 19 and the 4. I think Kyle came off of the lead and neither one of them wanted to be second. So they basically slowed to a stop at the end of pit road trying to let one beat the other. And the line of traffic was coming behind them. Could have been big. But obviously it's going to lead to the choose rule, the choose cone rule again. Questions. I saw it all day yesterday. I seen Joey said he wants the cone. Brad said he wants single file restarts. So obviously it's a, it's a pretty polarizing topic. I think, I mean, I'm for the choose cone. I have nothing against it. Obviously, I, I don't think it's going to have the desired effect that people think. You're not going to get a We're guy that's We're not going to have up. a choose cone. You lost your mind. We're not going to a choose cone. Uh, can I talk? Or you no, you can't talk. You? There's no way we do that. <laughs> um, so I, I just don't think it's going to have the desired effect of what they think. You know what I mean? People think that you're going to have a guy lined up that's starting 12th that's going to line up on the inside because everybody likes the top. It's not going to happen. At the most, the guy's going to move up a row, Maybe. You know, a lot of times these guys are just going to double up. You know, you see a place like Bristol, the guy in second might take the top on a restart behind the leader, but the, everybody else is going to go to the bottom and line up normal. Um, I still think, I, I still like the idea of what the World Outlaws do with, you know, the the, the, the leaders, wherever the, line, the leader lines up in, the odd number cars line up in that line. And I, that won't help jockeying the position at the end of pit road, but I think it's a, a more fair way to do it. I don't think the, the, the third, the fourth place car should have an advantage over the second and third place cars. So... I don't know. I just I, I, there's got. I feel like there's got to be something done because you can't put them guys at a disadvantage when they're running in a higher position. But I, I don't know that the choose cone is the rule. TJ, go ahead, Brett. Since you already started. Oh yeah, clear. Well, we already know his stance on this. My stance well, that, on this two, is if two you're weeks a driver, ago he said he wanted the choose cone. Now you. My, now my stance on this is if you're a driver, spot on because you're trying to put yourself in the best position for you and your team. Spot off to NASCAR for allowing this circus to play out this way. You should be, it should be a rule that you have to maintain close to or at pit road speed as you exit. Then we don't have these guys playing these games. We almost tore up some cars in the front of the field because to Freddie's point, guys were slamming on brakes trying to manipulate where they were going to line up. It's very, very easy. We have all the telemetry in the world now that we can see. I've got my crew chief, Lap 20, telling me how deep Joy Logano's driving in the corner with the throttle because we can see all that. You know when these guys are in the gas. You know when they're on the brake. Make a freaking rule. Make these guys stop playing these games. Ah, it, this is this is not on the drivers because the drivers are trying to do what's best for them and their team. Of all the rules that we have in the sport, and we have too damn many, it's very easy to go in here, make a rule, and make these guys stop playing these games. That's my opinion. TJ? I mean, it, it's just part of it. It's not the – we've been doing it for years and years now. Uh, Four years probably? How long? I would say more than that if you knew the preferred lane and you could count it, right? I'd say, I mean, especially where I really think it's going to matter, um, if we do go to like a like a choose cone I and mean, we get to like – We're not going to a choose cone. I'm just telling you a problem with it. So when we get to a place like Talladega, you're going to try to line, you're going to try to manipulate starts even more there. Uh, or, you know what I mean? Or like Freddie says, I, I don't know if there's even, I don't know if there's a really good way around it. I do just, I do agree with the fourth place guy having a better line than the, than the second place guy. But I mean, maybe he should have slowed down more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, just 
part of it. I think uh, I think everybody we you don't have it happen that often where they slam on their brakes that bad, but a couple times, every once in a while, you get guys that'll. There's two or three guys that are really bad at it, and um, I would say those are two of them. And there's one more guy that'll do it almost every week. Um, Denny Hamlin's worst at it. Denny Hamlin does it more than anybody. I think Chase does it a lot. Um, Chase does it a lot. I think Chase does it a lot. And it's going to take, you know what? It's going to take a time where they get hit in the back and have to come in and and fix their bumper that's hanging off or something um, for for them to not do it. You know, is it worth getting hit from behind? Um, that's what it's going to take, and it's going to it's going to suck for the guy that, that's that's behind who's innocent in the in the deal, just trying to get off pit road, um, you know. So, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect restart answer. Um, I mean, it's I would I would like to see, you know, maybe the All Star race would be a good time to experiment with something like that. Maybe the All Star race is a good time to try the inside evens odds or or even the even the cone deal for the for the All Star race. Maybe. If you put Harvick and Truex at the rear yesterday for doing that, they would not do it again, and neither would anybody else all day. Because we saw who did it, and to Freddie's point, they even did it after the camera, which makes it look even dumber and more dangerous. Yeah. But they <laughs> so know who's doing it. We know who's doing this looking with a naked eye. Surely people looking at technology can prove they did it. Yeah, so you're going you're gonna to penalize the guy that cracks it and loses two, three mile an hour the last you know quarter of pit road, or are you going to penalize the guy that hits the brake? That's not what they're doing. They're doing stuff way more far beyond that. They're oh, slamming that, on brakes. But you have to have a line, and it has to be pretty clear what the line is. It's a freaking judgment call. We saw you do it. You're going to the back. You could have made the call yesterday, TJ, and you weren't even spotting them cars. You could have looked and said, this yeah. guy, this guy, this guy did this on purpose. You're out. I wouldn't need a computer. You just need common sense. You are a computer, Brett. You're just a wealth of knowledge. Time My hard drives. Hey, I got to tell you, it's going to be bad this week again. You know, this is another place where we're going. It's, it's, oh, it's one gonna of the be worst. Bad. One of the worst. It's not gonna bother me. It's not gonna bother me. I'll roll off wherever. If you're on the inside, you're on the inside. If you get the outside, Every, great. I'll roll out. No Who matter cares? what happens, like we're we're you know we're always running fifteenth to twentieth, and I'll I'll give it some kind of half ass attempt to count. Like if we're gonna be decent, I'll be like, yeah, right, yeah, you good right there. Oh, never mind. Three guys in front of you got speeding penalties. Okay, never yeah. mind. We're done. Every time like, I every <laughs> time I every time I nail it. It's like, oh, yeah, nailed it. We're going to be uh, fourth at Bristol and then be like, oh, yeah, the 11, too fast. Oh, now we're third. Great. Awesome. Yeah, it's like that every time. We almost just well, – that's why we don't really do it that much because it, it's like – how do you know if it's 50-50? It's counterproductive yeah. a lot of times. I agree with you. Yeah, it can bite you just as easy as it can help you. So. Spot on, spot off. 500-mile length race at Atlanta. TJ. Uh, spot on for the race length, spot off for the start time, I guess. Um, I would have liked to seen it start a little earlier, um, but I know, you know, it was a one-day show, so probably, I don't know, you know, I think they're getting really good with the schedule stuff, and I think a lot of it can be condensed a little bit more still, which I think they'll work on. Um, but I don't know, I, I like Atlanta, a hot, slick Atlanta is the best Atlanta we will ever see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm spot off on the 500 miles. I've said this before on here. You know, I, I think that these, they had these long races to test the machines and test the drivers. And obviously yesterday, some of the drivers fell out. But, I mean, we had two races that were great on Saturday that if you added them together, still didn't add up to how long we raced on Sunday. 
So I don't know. The start, it's like TJ said, the start time. Well, you know, they things they don't take into account. You know, these guys, a lot of guys travel from out of state. You know, we've got what four or five spotters that come in. Now that three o'clock start time, that's an extra day they got to spend on the road because hey, they can't catch a they, flight. They choose to live out of state. Okay, but you still could have a damn twelve o'clock race and they can go home that night. You know, now this is three o'clock start. We're done at whatever six, seven wow. o'clock. So you want to cater to five guys day. that spot? That's not just five guys. There's a lot of people that travel <laughs> commercially. But you know, I'm just saying, like, if it, it, I don't know, there's a lot of things that go into it. But that I, I've always hated that three o'clock start, and I probably always will. Spot off is too long. Unfortunately, this package still is not fun to race at a mile and a half track. I'm sure TJ's going to try to come in here and kiss somebody's ass and get the brown on his nose. But that package, once we had run seven or eight laps, nobody passed anybody. Sorry. Spot off. 500 miles is too long. We had an opportunity here to put on a race. This should be a two and a half, three hour show. Man, 500 miles. How long did that race take? Four hours? It's about four hours. It felt like I was watching a thousand miles at Atlanta. Like, man, give me a three hour product, put it on TV. Let's get traction. Let's grow the sport. Oh, that was brutal yesterday. I don't mind. I really don't mind a longer race. I do think if you shorten it, you got to shorten, you got to limit tires at some point to make some strategy calls in there. Uh, did you watch it, Casey? It, yes, I did. The and whole it thing. Was very, very, very long. The whole crazy. thing. You watched the whole thing. I think I stepped away a little bit to eat dinner. That's a no. And came back. <laughs> what? No, I watched most many, of it. How, how many naps did you take? Honestly. I couldn't take a nap. I wish I could, but I was on my phone a lot of it just because like, you know, there, there were times where it just the same thing over and over. Um, it's, it was too long. It was way too long. I think that I do think the package needs to be adjusted for the mile and a half. Now we should almost run the short track package at the mile and a half. Yeah. Cut the spoiler down and run it. Give yeah. a lot of horsepower. Let them go. Oh my God! TJ finally said something about this package. This is the truth. <laughs> I think TJ had a good point about tire limit. You know, these guys who just come in and fire a tire. I think they had thirteen sets of tires yesterday. Yeah, you can run. You can run twenty five laps and then basically get a new set of tires. Yeah. So I mean, I, obviously, I was a pretty big fan of the Xfinity race on Saturday, but there was there was strategy involved. You know, the twenty two car was probably the fastest car on the racetrack but didn't win the race because he ran out of tires at the end. He stopped on the competition caution and put a set on a 20 when nobody else did. And then we had a caution with 30 to go and he had to put scuffs on. So his race is over at that point. So I think a, a tire limit would, would be great, you know, to, to make a little play, you know, strategy play and, and change things up a little bit. I will say from a fan's perspective though, watching, I watched all three races and the, in, in my opinion, the truck and the Xfinity races blew the cup race out of the water this weekend, just to be Hands honest. Hands down. Hands down. So. Spot on to that comment. Finally. Agree on something. But agreed. All right. Johnny Sauter disqualified from the Atlanta truck race for altering tires. Brett, spot on, spot off. Um, Freddie told me yesterday at lunch, we went to Taco Mac to have lunch. We had a tremendous uh, chicken Philly right before the race. Uh, and then we both bolted for the restroom as we, we arrived on property at Atlanta Motor Speedway. <laughs> and we were questioning our lunch decision. But nonetheless, Freddie told me. So all I have for a source on this, Casey, is, is Freddie, which in and of itself is a problem. That's scary. But I was told that he failed the dunk test. Do you know what the dunk test is, Casey? I do not. 
It's when they put his tire on a pedestal and everybody throws a baseball at it. If you hit the little button, the, the tire falls into the water like you do at the state fair. The f***ed up test is that they take this tire and they submerge it into water and they're looking to see if air is coming out of this tire because if your tire is slowly leaking air, it gives you a tremendous advantage because your tire doesn't blow up. The radius of your tire doesn't get bigger. It doesn't wear like a, a cool tire would wear, right? Or like the air pressure builds in this thing. So if he failed the dunk test because a crew guy stabbed his tire to make him, they call it bleeding the tires. There's all kind of ways to bleed the tire. You either pop a little bitty hole in the tire or you bleed the valve stem on the tire. But if he was truly cheating by doing this, which we thought an Xfinity Series winner a few years ago who only has one win to his credit to today, we thought he was bleeding tires back then. If he's bleeding tires, I would suspend him for a month because that guy is a cheater. I don't like cheaters. Casey, know anything about bleeding tires? How many times does Chad talk about that? Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's... <laughs> That's all they do. Depends on the time I, yeah, of year. I, I'm pretty sure dirt cars can run bleeders on their stuff. Yeah, it yeah, depends. Yeah, they can run. Yeah. Chad's got them, like, on his phone, I think. <laughs> he can adjust the water out there racing. I said, I think he's got... I feel like he's got it on his phone. There's an app for that. He can control the bleeder <laughs> valve from his phone. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, there's... I, I don't even know. There's something called bleeders, and we talk There's two about things you don't do in NASCAR. You don't mess with the fuel. Remember, Michael mm-hmm. Waltrip did that. And you don't mess with the tires, which means you don't soak them, you don't bleed them. Uh, ah, big time. And you don't anyway. mess with the tungsten either, according to I think, Denny. Yeah. I think, the, um, I think the telling part of this was that NASCAR came out and said that it was not a situation where somebody ratted on the, on the 13. So that means it was obviously a situation where somebody ratted on the 13 and knew they were doing <laughs> this because they randomly took the 17th place truck, like, and and disqualified him from 17th place. So they had some kind of idea this was going on, whether they knew it. And did his somebody... teammate win the race? Yeah, Enfinger won the race, yeah. wonder why they didn't duck his tires. <laughs> I, I, so according to him, they do it all the time. From like one I, – I didn't think that that was true. I thought that was like a special uh, – I listened to Brad Moran's um, little press conference there, teleconference, whatever you want to call it, and he says this happens all the time where they take tires and dunk them. I had no idea that was the case. But, um, yeah, obviously something was going on there. Uh, didn't have a huge advantage for him in the race. I don't, he wasn't very good. But uh, maybe that's why they started trying to do something late. But got snagged. Like Brett said, it should be a pretty stiff penalty. They did announce that this is it. They just disqualified him from this race, and there was no further penalties. So uh, surprising to me. But obviously he got caught, and he got I busted. Think it, to me, it would, you'd look at, okay, it failed the dunk test, but how did it fail the dunk test? Was it not? seated correctly on the wheel that might be something different than you know okay well there's these little bubbles coming from this hole right here wonder how that hole got there (laughs) you know and this is just this isn't anything new this is an old short track trick that people do you know most of the time it's at short tracks that this happens um we get a red flag at martinsville you look out there and you see somebody sitting there with four flat tires you're like oh huh something's (laughs) going on there you know, and that, that has happened before. I feel. I just say. I feel like that happened. Maybe Vickers or somebody like in the fifty-five. It was sitting uh, there with flat it tires. To, it definitely happened to Casey Mears one time with with. Uh, I think it was Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know though, <laughs> but I remember. Uh, yeah, they were sitting there for. Oh, you tires know, you're laughing about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember this last week. New drinking game for North Clear. Every time TJ says, "I don't know," take a shot. <laughs> 
You do know. know. It might be it might, have been, it might have been Vickers. I don't remember who it was. So yeah, I think it's, it's mostly I a short I track Vickers. thing. Yeah, it's like a short track trick. I don't mile and a half. I don't think because um, you run short track pressures on the left side so low already. If you look at like even when we roll off pit road, you look at they look like they got flat tires already rolling off pit road. Um, but yeah, I don't. This this isn't a new trick. So this is something that's been around for a long time. You know what I like, Freddie? Oh boy, that could be a lot of things, Brett. Above everything else, I like the word easy. Give me the easiest way to do something and I'm happy. Well, then let me tell you about the easiest way to buy or sell a home. It's with OfferPad.com. OfferPad is revolutionizing the home buying and selling process and they make often complicated process extremely simple. That's right. You tell OfferPad to buy your home by taking five minutes to complete the form. Then within 24 hours, you will have an offer in your inbox. Ding, you got mail. So easy. It literally can't get any simpler than that. So go visit OfferPad.com and get the process started today. If you do sell your home with OfferPad, be sure to send us a screenshot and we'll send you an OfferPad door bumper clear t-shirt. Kyle Bush tells NASCAR, F you you suck tower after being tested for speeding twice in the drug race (laughs) oh freddie wasn't there a tweet that posted his pit road speeds i don't don't know i'm pretty sure steve o'donnell retweeted out a picture of the pit road speeds and there was two red blocks on kyle's (laughs) (laughs) so for one what in the hell is up with kyle bush this guy been he must been pit practicing with denny hamlin for the last month because He's, I swear to God, he's gotten a speeding penalty every race. Truck, Xfinity, Cup, whatever it is. It seems like he's getting a penalty for every race. Uh, but, I mean, God, you can't let – I mean, how stupid does NASCAR look not doing anything to this guy after he says this to them? Like, how? I mean, just make yourself look weak. Like, he's – it almost looks like he can say whatever the hell he wants. TJ? Uh, I mean, spot off. You, you committed the penalty. You know, it's it happens every time we have a uh, you know there's um every time there's pit stop somebody speeds and they get the same penalty. You know, it's don't speed. Um, yeah, spot off. You you uh, committed. You did it. So you go to the back. I think I think that at that point in time he's a competitor. I think if he had a podcast like we have and he wants to get on there and. and scream and have a rant at that point he kind of is a media member but at that point in time he's a competitor and he's saying f you to the sanctioning body on a platform where a lot of people can hear it and it becomes public knowledge i would find the ever living out of his little rich ass and yeah that'd be he wouldn't do that again you know, you but, look at Kevin Harvick, right? Kevin Jason's Harvick is one of the craziest, it. most radical guys <laughs> Mute ever. Mute. Kevin Harvick stayed in trouble. And eventually, Kevin Harvick realized, man, this is getting really expensive. I'm going to stop. And Kevin Harvick now stays completely out of the way on controversial stuff. He is a well-behaved race car driver. And Kyle Bush should be smart. a well-behaved race car driver. He's being smart. Bubba. I would bust his ass over this. Bubba Yo, check called the picture them. I sent. I put a picture in the group me thing if you want to look at it. Bubba called the NASCAR officials Muppets after a race Puppets. because it was look like, it was Muppets and he posted a picture of the damn Muppets and got fined and had to sit in the control tower for the race the next day. This guy says you you suck tower and nothing happens. 
So, I mean, maybe something's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow's penalty day. Maybe maybe something's going to come out. But, I mean, how could you, one guy calls you a Muppet and you get mad and find him. And this guy says this and nothing so far. So, I, I mean, I don't know. A little consistency would be nice. So, I sent the picture. There is like six, five, six trucks on here that all have penalties. And uh, they're all it, – it's kind of cool, the picture, because it blocks out in red who speeds. You can. It's real easy to see. And it's just – I mean, it's plain as day. You you sped. Don't yeah. speed. Brett's opening a beer. That was not a beer I just opened, by the way. No, that's dog food. It's dog food, I swear. Look, I'm showing uh, you guys on here. Oh, it smells horrible. Here, buddy, get away from me. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what are you eating <laughs> I'm that? I'm going to vomit. You hungry? You hungry? <laughs> Hangry. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR reportedly adding a minimum attendance clause of 70% to track agreements. TJ. Um, spot on. I, I uh, to me, this is uh, uh, they're pushing tracks to make sure they sell tickets and to make the tickets affordable, or they could take the races somewhere else. Um, but I, I mean, that, that's just what I would think that this means is just trying to trying to get people there, trying to make the tracks do the you know the all star race to me should be free every year. It, the all star race should be free, but it, it led into the literally, literally literally free. Yeah, to me, it led into normally it led into the six hundred. But if you came for the All Star, maybe if you did come to the All Star race, maybe you get a ten percent coupon or something too. They never said ten percent coupon and free. Now what are we getting? No, I mean the All Star race. The All Star race is free, but if you come to the All Star race, you get a voucher for a ten percent off for buying tickets to the six hundred. You know what I mean? So you're coming back because if you come to the racetrack, you're probably going to buy a drink. You're probably going to buy a hot dog. You're probably going to, you know. Get a Philly cheesesteak or something in there, and, and be careful. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you come to the racetrack, your kid's gonna want a hat. You're you're gonna want you know a turkey leg, something. So get people there. Have you ever ate a turkey leg? I have not. They look like dinosaur legs when I see people hold them, though. They're gigantic. I've never seen turkeys that big. <laughs> I've never ate one either. I've always wanted to just carry one around because you kind of look like a badass just carrying that big. I look like Fred Flintstone. You look I like a car, one somewhere, like a straight up caveman carrying that thing around. Like you should have a club in one hand and a turkey leg in the other hand. And you they're gigantic. There's no like right way of eating it too. Like every time you eat it, you look like a mess. Yeah, like you, you look like yeah, you're a savage. You're like I mean, it's gigantic. <laughs> I've got a beard, and I'm going to tell you what, when you got a beard, everything you eat, you make a mess. Who knew that you got food? Anyway, back to your thing. Casey, are we seriously going to say that you have to have 70% attendance? Like, could you imagine right now in a freaking pandemic saying, okay, the stands are open. Let's go back to the races. Everybody, tickets are for sale. We got 200,000 seats. We got to sell 140,000 of them, or we're going to get in trouble. I don't see them doing it this year, I think. I think if if they're trying to get at like going to the tracks where, you know, we're not going to have a race to have a race, like as they evaluate the 2021 schedule, they're not going to go to a track where they never sell out. They never sell. They struggle with ticket sales like different markets are going to struggle just because they're not necessarily NASCAR markets. I tell you what, we could have took all the cars yesterday and put them in the stands and had to sell out. There were twenty seven thousand cars on property. At Atlanta Motor Speedway. When I drove up, Freddie kept talking about all these cars everywhere. And I didn't really know what he was getting at. When I rolled up on the track, holy cow at the cars. Let me ask you guys this, and this is kind of for Casey and Brett. Um, like, how easily can this be fudged? I mean, if can you just start giving away blocks of tickets? And- so, 
That that was going to be my question is they do offer a lot of comp tickets to things like schools, like they do a lot of, you know, donations to charities and even sponsors comp tickets. So I don't know what if it includes all of that, because I will tell you, you know, for truck and Xfinity too. like. I'm assuming this has to be just cup, right? Like this, there's there's no way that it would be. But I don't think it'll be implemented for a while, like yeah. a, a little while still, because it's going to take some time to get them people. Yeah, I. The, the, but what this really comes down to is the revenue model. The track is making, let's just say, eighty five percent of its money off of TV. So if no fans show up, the track is still a profit center. And why is it that way? Well, guess who owns a lot of tracks? NASCAR does, right? So when you look at the track partners, it's it's NASCAR. It's SMI, and then there's a couple independents that are still out there. And and when you when you look at the the team model, we only can show up to race competitively with sponsorship. Uh, the the TV money doesn't. Uh, let me rephrase that. Some TV money is is funneled to the teams, but it's like twenty five percent, and then it's split forty ways. So that so it ends up not being a lot of money. And you look at the way the tracks make all their money. It, guess what? It's off of freaking TV. So the track promoter doesn't live or die off of selling tickets like Humpy Wheeler used to do back in the day, like Eddie Gossage used to do back in the day. So they're, I'm not saying they're not working hard, but, man, I am literally at Charlotte Motor Speedway, at Twin Peaks, you know, want to watch a race on TV, and they don't even have it on, and it's less than a mile from there to the racetrack. Like when we go to places and you walk in and they're going, hey, what are you guys here for? Well, we work in NASCAR. All oh, the races in town? If they don't, if bars and restaurants don't know that we're coming, then that means the track promoter did a terrible job in his community of buying radio ads, buying billboards. Everybody's depending on social because it's, quote, free. You know, you got to hire a, a kid out of college and let him go tweet and do Instagrams. You know, guys like Jason Schultz, which is awesome because they, it, it's a real thing. But we're not doing enough to promote our sport from an advertising perspective in these markets. I mean, we, you tell me this weekend – which this weekend isn't fair because fans can't come. But when we can go back racing, you three take pictures of billboards that says the race is in town. Tell me how many you see. Tell me how many times you hear it on the radio. We're not doing enough to advertise our sport. Yeah, I mean, just to your point about you know the, the owners not needing the fans, did you see those numbers from the Nashville deal? Which the Nashville deal is way longer than I expected. I I didn't realize we were going to be locking contracts in four years. Four years, but I mean the revenue sharing was ridiculous. I, if I got, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was like seven or eight million for the sanctioning fees, and then the the revenue sharing was going to be ten, eleven million dollars more than that. You know, so that's that's where they're making their money. You know, ticket sales is gravy to them, but obviously, I mean, I I knew that they were making money. I did not realize that they were making double. You know, Did you uh, see where they're getting a half a million dollar increase every year? Not only are yeah. they making money from the jump, but every year they're getting four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars more revenue. When we don't know a how many people are going to show up there, b what the what the TV audience is going to look like. Like, man, give me a freaking spotter deal where I can get that kind of pay increase every year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think um, everything's so based on TV nowadays, in my opinion, which is great, um, but. <clears throat> We, I don't feel like we do enough concerts and stuff like after the race, you know, like. Um, so now you want to be in shoot, the concert business, not the racing business. I'm just saying like, I'm just saying like events, events to bring more than one event there. You know more what I mean? More of an like, experience. Yeah. Like something you can, you know, 
a little bit shorter race, followed by, uh, where were we leaving? It was Indy. We were leaving Indy, and there was tons of people uh, there already, but walking in because of the concert after the race. You remember that? Yeah, it's after Xfinity race. They'll have, like, Florida Georgia Line or somebody yeah. there. Nelly yeah, or whatever, I mean, right? Why not, why not have something like that where, okay, fans, we're going to do victory lane on the front stretch. As soon as we move that, we're going to set up the stage as the driver's doing his interview. Once we get that stage set up and, um, you know, we're going to open the fence. We're going to put a barricade, you know, stage or whatever so you can't cross the deal there. And we're going to open it up and you guys come down and enjoy a concert afterwards too for a couple hours. You know, just, I don't know, just promoters, there's a lot of really good promoters out there and, um, you know, I think it'd be cool if they had that. Yeah, just they got a re- lot of great ideas and it'd be cool to see what they can come up with. I think three things sell tickets. I think number one, TJ's right, the experience, right? And that's what NASCAR's always been, 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 been built around three, four day weekends, the party, the family, um, all, all kinds about just, just man, being at the racetrack, right? It's fun, but we're going to, we're not going to see that anymore. I don't think post pandemic, I think we're going to see condensed schedules like we've been seeing. Right. So that's a big thing. Number two, what you put on the track, but here's the most important part. Number three to personalities. I showed up as a kid to watch David Pearson, to watch Dale Earnhardt. And we have to have big personalities. We have to have people gravitate our, to our sport because of the drivers and the people. We got to have the people in place. Let's see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. This week on the Dale Jr. Download, it's late model drama and a lot of other things Dale Jr. wants to talk about in the world of racing. Listen to the Dale Jr. Download on all major podcasting platforms and watch the TV show on NBC Sports Network. Time to hit the gas and take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. Let's jump into our weekly Xfinity Fast Lane segment where each person will have 10 seconds to answer six questions. Brett, that's 10. Got it? 10 I doubt seconds. It. Question number one. After a third lackluster intermediate track race, since racing returned, do you think NASCAR should begin considering an intermediate aero package change for 2021? Brett. I want more horsepower. I don't know why the OEMs aren't sided with me on this thing. I know it's cheaper to build a 500 horsepower motor, but I want more horsepower. Thousand horsepower. How'd I do, TJ? TJ. <laughs> uh, I, I think so. I think... Um, I think we need something to make these guys drive these cars a little harder. Uh, just make them more of a handful. I know they got their hands full now moving around. You're fighting air most of the time. Let's make them, let's make them handle, you know, let's make them not handle good. Uh, I, I'm in the minority. I didn't think yesterday's race was that bad as far as, I just thought it was too long. But uh, slipping and sliding tire wear, you seen like True and Harvick down at the end there. Just obviously need a package to make them, the tires wear out and the car's harder to drive. But I didn't think yesterday's race was that bad. You drank, you drank more than I thought you did Saturday night. <laughs> Your turn is done. After Martinsville, the next nine races will take place at tracks one and a half miles in length and longer. Should NASCAR have built more variety into an updated 2020 schedule? Freddie. Um, you would you'd probably like to see more diversity, but I think they're kind of in a box. They, they didn't really have 
an option here. You know, I mean, it's kind of fluid situation, and and you had to take what state you can go to at whatever times you can go to them. Just the way it laid out this year. Brett. We keep saying we want more short tracks, and we just added a mile and a half to next year's schedule. <laughs> uh, man, uh, NASCAR's in a box right now. Uh, we, we can't be critical of where we're racing and when we're racing and how many times we're racing. You know, we're seeing doubleheaders in the Xfinity Series at places like Miami, places like Kentucky. we got to make races up, people. TJ? <clears throat> yeah, I think, um, I think our, their hands were tied for this year. Uh, and especially with this pandemic, you had to go to events that were going to be close and, and accessible. Uh, but I think the door's open next year. So let's see what happens. Ten years ago this weekend, Joey Logano famously said Kevin Harvick's wife wears the fire suit in the family and tells him what to do after being turned by Harvick at Pocono. What's your all-time favorite angry driver quote? TJ. Ah, man, it's really hard to beat about 30 of Kurt Bush's quotes. Um, He's got so many good ones. It's really, I think... None of them them you can say on this show. (laughs) I think the crew chief, I think when the crew chief asking crazy to look at the right side damage when Kurt's on the backstretch at Loudon the one time and and Kurt just keep, you know, crew chief goes, okay, crazy, how's the damage? He's like, "Uh, I can't see the, the right side from here right now. And the Kurt just keys up and he's like, I'm on the... Back straight away, Einstein. <laughs> like there, there's a lot of good ones from Kurt. <laughs> Freddie, I, I don't know that he wasn't angry, obviously, but I think the best quote ever was old Tony in that press conference with Carl telling him he'd wreck his mom to win the championship. I, that, that's going to be one of my favorite quotes forever. Brett. Kurt was the only guy to ever say he's got to be the only athlete in American history, and I, I'm. I realize, thank God, this is an adult podcast. We don't have a lot of kids listening. He literally said the words premature ejaculation one time in an interview. Like, who uses those? Who even uses that word in normal conversation, much less an interview? Like, what an idiot. What is he thinking? Dad, uh, I think uh, if you want to not, one of the ones that made me laugh that really wasn't an angry, angry comment was when uh, it was one of Dale Jr.'s better ones when Greg Ives asked him if the track bar, when they put the adjusters in there, if the track bar was helping him and, and just out of nowhere, does he goes, I don't know. Let me ask it. Keys up and goes, track bar. Are you helping me? <laughs> and, and that was, I think I quit spotting for a lap and a half. Cause I was laughing. We all know what the best interview was in, in NASCAR history. It was Jack the guy Hewitt? that said, you can kiss my do funny in the middle of his yeah. interview. Like that uh, guy had the best. Yeah. Quotes. That wasn't NASCAR so, though. Well, I don't care. No. It's still the but best. But that was. Yeah. It was modified, right? Jack Hewitt. No, Jack Hewitt. Sprint, cars. sprint cars. Dude, yeah. Google Jack Hewitt. That is the funniest interview ever. If you that's haven't the seen best it, mad you're quote. missing out. Make that's sure the you're best, not That's the best children. mad driver quote in history. He is mad. Real mad. He's definitely mad. A.J. Foyt's got some good ones, too. He didn't hold back. He much slapped either. the out of somebody in victory lane. Who was that? I think in it was like Texas. Ari Landyke or somebody. It was. It was. Yeah. And AJ's fingers look like they're about ten inches in diameter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could. Ah, I don't uh, want to piss that guy off. Yeah. Last year's fall Martinsville race was described as one of the worst I've ever seen by fall Martinsville standards by Jeff Gluck. How do you expect Wednesday night's race to be given different given the new short track aero package? Brett. 
Oh, man, I hope uh, I hope a lot better. You know, obviously we're used to Martinsville being a place where we see bump and bang and tire wear lead changes. And, and this is one of the races where Keselowski, I think, went out and led essentially the whole race. So we, we have to have a good short track product. We need tippers flaring and Man, we've seen a lot of good racing since we've come back to the racetrack, and this is a huge opportunity to do that again this weekend. Did you not hear the ding? No. I didn't hear the ding either. I, didn't I, haven't, I haven't heard it all show. Can you see this? I heard it. Does that show up on your screen? <laughs> all right, who's next? <laughs> you are. TJ. You know, we called for changes last year. They made some changes. I, I noticed it at Bristol. Uh, guys were fighting loose on entry. If you get close to somebody, you kind of see them catch the car a little bit. I don't know if you're going to have quite that effect at Martinsville, but with no practice and everything, I expect it to be a pretty good race. And a random draw-ish. I seen I seen a guy get loose in the three on at Bristol last lap or so. It's like like five to go. I seen him get loose. I also seen a guy get wrecked in the three. <laughs> Uh, obviously, you're hoping the package helps. I think it will. Uh, be interesting to see how the track is at night. Cooler temperatures, obviously. Um, so we'll see. But hopefully, this package helps. I think it should. Homestead Miami will host a race that's not the season finale for the first time since 2001 on Sunday. Will the race play out any differently now that it's not the race for the championship? Freddie. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is the the four chase cars won't be the fastest cars on the property. For some reason, that seemed to work out like that every year when the we ran the homestead. But uh, race will be Why the same. Is that? It's weird how that works. Um, race will be the same. We'll be ripping the top by the end of it probably. Uh, but you know, it'll just hope be nice to open the field up to everybody this time. Brett, I don't understand this question. It's still a race at Homestead. It's it's still a race. Like the fastest cars are going to go up there and they're going to run up front and we're going to rip the top and it's Homestead. It doesn't matter if it's the last race or not. It's the same racetrack. TJ? It's a multi-groove racetrack with tire wear. I'll take it any day of the week. Going to miss Kyle Larson this week. Off the wall question. A West Virginia woman faked her disappearance by pretending she plummeted off an overlook to keep her out of having to go to prison. What's your go-to excuse when trying to get out of doing something you don't want to do? TJ. Shoot, man. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good one. (laughs) Here you go. Take a drink, because I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I don't have excuses, man. If you don't, you shouldn't need excuses. Babysitting. (laughs) Babysitting. I am not telling you what my greatest excuse is because then I will not be able to use it anymore. So get lost. I'm not telling you. I'm sure. I'm sure your wife knows. I'm sure everybody knows. I have a terrible stomach. I have irritable bowel syndrome. So anytime that I have to have an excuse, I have to say I got a (laughs) So if you run into Brett in the streets and he tells you he's got a poop. uh, What's yours, Casey? I don't know. I don't really have one. Is your stomach upset? No. <laughs> you can say you got pee. I'm you're, tired. You're that's, that's my excuse. I'm tired. That can you drink caffeine up. when you're pregnant? Can only have a cup a day. A cup of caffeine? That sounds like a lot. A cup of coffee a day. <laughs> Sorry. So I only have coffee because I have mm. to drink 20 million gallons. What do you put in water. your coffee? Mm, two Splendas and a little bit of cream. Splendas are bad for you, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I've got to give a little, take a little, 
can only do so much. I need to function. But my excuse is that I'm tired all the time. So you don't, you, you're trying to do low carbs on your uh, pregnancy thing? Is that what you, why you're doing Splendid instead of sugar? No, it just... Oh, you're already no, sweet Splendor's, enough. You don't need the sugar. Splenda is healthier than regular sugar, I think. I don't know. We, I, I got... So now you're I a nutritionist. No, I'm not. Casey just said, I don't know. Can't yep. say that, Casey. Take a, take a drink. So now you think a man-made substance is better than something that comes from nature? I don't know where it came from. I just know that a lot of people use it, so I'm a follower. I'm not know. a leader. So you're a yeah, you're a follower. I'm a follower. Uh, it's fine. I'm a follower. Yep, that's me. Oh, that was fast. Uh, we're already at the end of the show. Man, that went by way too quickly. You know what else is blazing fast out there? It's got to be Xfinity Internet. You know it. Get reliably fast speeds for all your streaming needs. Shout out to Xfinity, the premier partner of NASCAR and the best podcast in motorsports, Door Bumper Clear. And make sure you're following at Xfinity Racing on Twitter to keep you connected with behind-the-scenes NASCAR content you don't get anywhere else. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. AskDBC. J. McCain. One. M. John McCain? We got John McCain sending questions in. <laughs> I was just about to Hot say that. damn. Hey, I'll be right back. I got <laughs> I knew everybody listened to this show. <laughs> this first question is from J. McCain 1M. With no practice, are the setups between teammates that much different? Or does a small difference create that much difference in tire wear? Between, this is for really between the four and the 14. So how about you, Brett? Kevin had a lot different setup. Um, I actually was talking with some guys on the plane about it. I don't get involved in that aspect of the sport as a spotter, but you certainly ask questions after the race. I mean, I was the only car potentially in the field having as much right rear issues as as we did you know i heard true x blistered a, a right rear tire on one of his longer runs but the uh the four car setup was different was our setup fast hell yeah man we ran top three in stage one we led a lot of laps then we obviously started having issues and man we didn't know if we were going to have issues on lap 35 or lap 50 so it was really tough to manage but yes with no practice no qualifying these guys can go in there and and look if you're kevin harvick Obviously, he's good at Atlanta, but he can take chances. He's already won a race. If you're Joey Logano, you can step out of the box and try some new things because what you're working toward at this point in your season is really only two things. You want playoff points, which you get by winning stages and winning races, and you want to go out there and try to win the race and, and run good in the chase and, and or in the playoff now. We don't have a chase anymore. But if you're, if you're Joey Logano, you can go take chances, man. So, uh, yeah, setups are certainly different amongst teammates. I'm surprised you didn't say that the teammates are all the same because the only guys are teammates are the ones wearing the same shirt as you. So obviously, well, that's this loose term you these idiots made up about our sport. Our alliance partner, Kevin Harvick. Let me rephrase it and call him that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Every every driver drives different too, though. You can you can take a Kevin Harvick setup and put it in in Clint's car. It's not, it's if it's not Clint's driving style, it's not going to work that well. Um, 
you know, I think the only one where you could probably really get close on and, and be similar is a, is a plate race. Um, but other than that, you can't you can't take a certain driver because he knows the little tricks that he's doing. He knows the feel that he's looking for already for that setup. So you can't really just take a setup and guarantee that it's going to work. It might be it might be a you know you, Clint might be able to run top five with Kevin's setup, but Kevin's going to win with it. You know what I mean? So Clint has to adjust it to Clint's feel to what he wants. So. Um, even teammates. I mean, everybody, every driver is different. They're not all the same. My favorite part is, uh, as just a person in the sport, is when you hear crew chiefs, engineers talking to drivers, and the driver will say, Is my car like Joy Logano's? And the crew chief engineer say, Well, it's the same except for, the, you know, this, 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 <laughs> and this. Right and it's like, well, just stop okay, right there. Okay, brainiac, that's not the same. Yeah. Oh, that guy led 400 and something laps. We're going to go back with his setup, but we're going to make it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to make it better. Watch this. Hold yeah, my man. beer. Oh, by the way, he's checked out leading. We're 12. <laughs> but that's, uh, I mean, you know as well that every crew chief has their own ideas and likes to do the certain things certain way, which is, I mean, that's what makes the sport great, though. Everyone has their own ideas. Next question is from Cody Allison underscore 14 and refers to the uh, teammates wrecking each other that happened yesterday if you were a car owner what direction would you give your drivers when racing each other if they wrecked each other how would you handle it and does it change the way you feel if it's for the lead versus for 20th Brett, this should be a question a for the Dell Jr. download this is a better question for Dale Jr. I agree like go ask Dale Jr. what he did when his two cars wrecked each other Robert yeah, Yates said one thing Robert Yates had had one thing that he always told us. I want you guys to race each other hard. I just don't want you to screw each other over. And and Dale Jarrett, who was one of the nicest people in the sport, he, he mentored me, helped me a lot. We owned a business together for years. He would always tell Elliot at the end of the race, hey, you know, he would have a spotter, Bob Jeffrey, come tell me to tell Elliot, tell Elliot to do what he's got to do for himself. Don't worry about me. Don't screw himself trying to help me. This just goes to prove, you know, that, that, when you're out there, you're not teammates. You're not riding in the same car. You're riding in two separate cars racing one another. Uh, but, man, if I'm Joe Gibbs, like yesterday, it looked like it was a Joe Gibbs show plus Kevin Harvick. The Joe Gibbs show plus Clint Boyer at one point. Like, if, if I'm Joe Gibbs, I'm thinking, sitting on my couch, I don't know if he's allowed to be at a racetrack yet, even though he owns a bunch of cars. Like, do whatever you got to do to get these guys out of here. You know what I mean? That way I know for sure one of my cars is going to win. But, I mean, I don't know what Freddie and TJ think about this comment that I'm about to make, but it seems like a lot of the great race car drivers are selfish people and only care about themselves when they're in the race car. I'm not saying they're like that out of the race car, but, like, I, I, I don't know that you can worry about other people and then go out there and kick their tails. Like, I don't – I like the approach that Ross Chastain has said, I bring my friends with me to the racetrack, which is, is insinuating he's not trying to make friends out there. Carl Edwards was that way. Like, I, I, I think Elliot um, – if he has one regret in racing Elliot Sadler, it's that you know he's been retired for a couple of years and 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 his phone isn't ringing off the hook from guys he raced against and his his texts aren't coming in off the hook against guys he raced against. I bet if he had a do over, because we've talked about this a little bit, he'd have probably raced those guys a little bit harder. Because what you if you worry about what people think about you, you probably can't go out there and leave it all on the track. And I think that's what makes NASCAR special. So now you're just saying what I said that you that you got Elliot all mad at me for a couple years ago. That's what you got, remember? Did you I don't forget know. about that? Take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> you, ba- like you had, you can't. 
you want to be a good teammate, but you can't. You have to look out for yourself. Um, you're, you're racing. You're paid to look out for yourself. You're paid to win races, but like you race hard. But at the end of the day, if some if a situation comes up where you don't want to destroy each other, you never want to take each other out. That's when it gets bad. But there is, I have zero issues with racing hard. Um, but you also want to look at things like you don't want to race each other so hard that for the lead that third place blows by both of you and wins the race. That's when you need to be smarter about situations like that. But um, look, man, Elliot Sadler, I've raced a handful. He's gotten really good at online at iRacing stuff. Um, he's one of the funniest and nicest guys you'll come across in the in the racing industry. If you know Elliot and Elliot's there, you're going to laugh. Elliot's a guaranteed funny time. Uh, Brett knows it. Brett knows him well, better than anybody here. Elliot is a hilarious guy, man. And he's very good on the racetrack, too. He was, uh, <clears throat> you know, Elliot's won a lot of, like, plate races and stuff because Elliot knows how to do it. But you have to you have to look out for yourself at some place. You have to put yourself in position to win them races. And certain guys, you know, you know how to do that. You don't – but you want to be a good teammate as well. If you can help, that's why – you know, if you if you're leading the race and you got a couple guys of your teammates in the top lane, you want to try to help the top lane as much as you can to get them up to you, because um, you want you want the company to succeed as well. And if you can finish one, two, three in your company, one, two, three, four, you want to try to make that happen. I think a guy that sticks out a lot with this and, and just watching from my you know outer side perspective, I'm sure Brett's going to be able to chime in on this. Is Kevin Harvick like? Kevin Harvick races like he's a lone wolf out there. You know what I mean? I've seen numerous times he could put Clint in a bad spot or, or one of the other Stuart Haas cars. Yeah. I mean, we watched – Clint was up side-by-side side with us at Charlotte a couple weeks ago, and I thought – you know, Harvick had a little bit of run on us, and I thought he was going to just push Clint by us, and then, you know, he would go by us probably the next lap. Well, he, now nah, he split us three wide and, and, and went by both of us in one shot. And I, it kind of surprised me. But like you said, it's, it's, that, it's that killer instinct, man. You, you're out there to win races. You're not out there to help somebody else win a race. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And, and, if, and when the positions, when the time's right, you know, if you're lined up behind a teammate on a restart, obviously you're going to push the hell out of them. You know, you're going to help when you can. But first and foremost, you're going to try to win yourself the race. I wish Pops was on here right now, Clint's dad. Uh, because I like to get Pops right up. You know, he would be – TJ, you think we should get him on this show? I think any show he goes on would be pretty funny. If Jason would have to have the beat button ready for just – Casey, yeah. do you know Clint's oh, dad? Let me tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know Clint's dad, Pops? No, I don't think so. Oh, he's the fun – he's one of my favorite he, humans on Earth. Yeah. Well, we yeah, need to get uh, Clint and his dad on the show. He's one of the funniest people to ever between two feet he makes me laugh my ass off like he's the best he is he is pretty funny well i mean brett brett always gets to work with the funniest people there is because elliot goodness elliot's hilarious um clint obviously clint's probably if you're gonna clint's (laughs) if you're gonna go if you're gonna go party with somebody clint's the guy man for sure yeah. And pops, if if pops is there, it's just it's just a cherry on top because you can get pops rolling about something. It's his remarks, man. Oh my god, no he's the best. I was I was exchanging some messages yesterday after the race with Cole Pern, who made fun of something that Larry McReynolds said during the podcast or during the broadcast. I think Cole Pern would be fun on this show too because if we get him on here unfiltered, like he could bring a lot. All right, well, make well, it Pern, happen. You're, he's you're got talking so, a if lot. He's of got talk. so much to say. If he's got so much to say, why don't they have him come in and do a broadcast? 
Well, I think I think everybody listening needs to tweet Cole Pern and say, hey, come do Door Bumper Clear, because he probably thinks we're a small podcast. He probably doesn't realize how big we are, you know? Do they, millions, yeah. millions of people listening. Millions. Okay. Even in Canada, Cole. <laughs> Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> oh, all right, TJ, I have an Ask DBC question for you. Are you spotting for Dale this weekend in the next one of years? I don't know. You don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> oh my god, we got a drink too. We're already out of booze. That's two drinks in a row uh, right there. Uh signs say yes. So I should be there pending. Is he gonna be um, like old times? <laughs> he better not, because I'll just turn my radio off. Which one is there he ain't no consequences now? <laughs> Which one is he, <laughs> he running? Can't fire me. <laughs> is he running Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Saturday. So pending no travel, um, uh, hiccups there. I should be there, but I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I should be there. <laughs> There's another drink. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to just trying to make everybody have a good night. Finish sleep so tonight. strong. <laughs> so social at this point. Anything we want to rant about as we had to Martinsville and, and Homestead? I have a rant. Yes. Yes. So um, at Atlanta, you have a lot of lap cars most of the time because the field gets so spread out, and if you have a couple long runs, there's there's 15 lap cars between, or you know, maybe realistically about eight to 12 lap cars between, you know, the top six, seven cars, maybe probably more than that, really. But you're trying to, you know, to help these guys out coming to pit road. You always have the cars that are lapped down that just don't catch up when pit roads open and they're 10 car lengths off the guy in front of you. And it's aggravating because you know, you always get out there and, oh, he's talking, he's talking. Well, I had a guy lay back, and you're you're trying – you're supposed to be caught up, first of all. We should Was just, it the 15 by chance? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, the 15's who got me. Uh, exactly what you're talking about. Right, the well, 15 was not closed up. It might have been the same car. Um, but I go down there, I'm like, hey, you know, can – you know, can you try to have your driver catch up under caution? We're trying to pit with the cars we're on the same lap as. You know, I, I would catch my guy up for you if you were pitting. You know, I'm not going to try to cost you 10 car lanes coming to pit road. Um, and, and I'm not – the driver probably isn't fully aware of what's going on. That's where the spotter can come in and help. They, hey, catch up. Even pull onto the outside of the guy in front of you a little bit so they can get caught up. You know, that's what a lot of the – the the like a lot, a lot of the guys that – know what they're doing try to help each other out coming to pit road you're not you're not racing that guy so help him out um so i go down there i'm like hey can you just try to you know have your guy catch up because we're, we're losing a lot of ground right here and i just basically get the uh um get get you know get the heck out of here look like you know go you know get out like not even yeah no we should have caught up more hey I'll, I'll talk to him next time nothing it was a i don't even want to be here you know this sucks. I'm not doing anything. Get out of here. Type response to a, to that. And if you don't want to help your driver or help in that situation, then you know why why be up there? If you're not you're there to help, so help. You know you don't. It's nothing to get mad over. It's just hey, he was talking or yeah, I didn't see it. No problem. Just try to help next time. It's not that I'm mad at you for doing. It. I'm just trying. You know, just reminding you to help your driver if you can in that situation. But when you was get this a, a new spotter, or old spotter. Uh, this guy's been around for a while so uh but you get on there and, and you just get like you don't get any type of a have if you're so angry to be up there doing that and i realize that car you know riding around with them cars there in that situation probably aren't the most fun but 
you know, there's all the, your day is going to come when you're in a position where you, you'd like a little bit of help like that. And then to have somebody just not, not care. If you don't care, then don't do it. It's harder to spot for a Very slow hard. car. Very hard. Than it is a fast car. 100%. And there, there's a reason for that. The car isn't as good and the drivers, <laughs> look, that guy in a double zero don't even know what track he's at. He has no <laughs> idea. There's a corner coming. <laughs> he has no idea what lane he's going to try to run. He is, I'm telling you, like Michael Waltrip's commercial, I'm at the wrong track. This dude don't even know he's at a track, right? But to your point, if you learn how to be a really good spotter for a bad car, when you get an opportunity like Freddie got. Freddie's really good at spotting for bad cars. He did it for years. Look at him. We put him with a good car. What did he do? (laughs) His freaking second or third race out with this guy, he goes and wins the freaking race. So yes, TJ, you're right. These guys need to. Uh, you got you got to stay up. Like Clint's a freaking veteran. He's won races. He's an Xfinity Series champion. I have to stay on his butt about small things, and that's my job. So if you're a spotter, I don't care if you're doing a, a bad car for two hundred dollars a week, or if you're doing a good car making six figures a year, do your job. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. talk about me. You know me doing the you know some of the Johnny Davis stuff. Obviously, we find ourselves laps down every race, and. The pit roads open, stay stay closed up, stay you know stay up, stay closed up. You know that means just pull up to the top of the racetrack and stay closed up to the car in front of you. And I say it every restart. You know, you, Garrett and even Bubba last year. You know, we lapsed down a bunch. You know, that's every rest, every caution flag. Pit roads open, stay closed up. You know, it's just a reminder to them every time. But oof, to your point about the double zero, he got warned yeah. again, warned again yesterday about. You know, I don't even know if it was minimum speed or just being in the way. You know, they, they, I heard first time I've ever heard them say like, "Hey, spotter, let the let your driver know what the hell's going on." Like, so I I didn't see what was going on, but obviously, oh, they said that yesterday. Oh yeah, minimum right on the radio. Speed. They were telling him to remind him to stay keep with minimum speed. Yeah, so they were. Ah, the, oh, good thing. Good thing they don't have Landon Castle driving that thing anymore. That that wouldn't have went well. Jeez, money money don't money don't pay to. I don't know. I'm not. Well, I, saw, I saw, you know, I saw, it's funny. I saw Noah Gregson, uh, I think he tweeted something about, you know, I'm a free agent next year and all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, let me tell you what it's like to be a real free agent. I'm a free agent next year too. And my dad don't have a real estate company with gazillion dollars coming into me. So, uh, some of these kids, man, they, uh, they need a gut check. You know, Noah's obviously a talented race car driver. We're not one to race. Um, but, but a guy like that double zero, he comes in and buys a ride. Sends Landon Castle packing, which is fine. And then he's torn up over a million dollars worth of equipment in the first few races. Hey, that might have been a bad business decision for you <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, did you see the guy that tweeted you and said he – Probably uh, not. I guess probably blocked. He, he, <laughs> Saw a chance was, he's blocked. It was um, – he said something about the driver of that car had, where their company is. And he said he got behind one of their trucks on the road and the thing was doing like 30 mile an hour the whole way. And <laughs> Uh, it was that's funny. Hey, I, it was pretty good. I'll get, so we've been tearing this guy apart, and I'll, I'll give him props. I don't remember hearing Joey Gase's name at all yesterday. So I'll give him credit. He made it through a whole race without and yeah, spinning, all the five. spinning out, all wrecking the fives, nobody. Man. All, all those cards start with a five. Great job at Atlanta. <laughs> I got to give the, the seven credit yesterday. Him and the double zero were the two that I just couldn't, couldn't figure out what they were doing. Well, the double zero – you don't know where he's going. The seven just always there on exit when you need that extra car lane. Who is the seven? Who was that yesterday? I think that was Balicki. Who? Yep. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, that guy was hot after the race too. I saw. Maybe that's what was wrong with him. He's too hot. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's the seven's always there outside. You know, your guy's like, oh, it's a seven. I'm coming up. Nope, still there. Still there. Still there. Stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, quit. <laughs> yeah, no, that seven needed that car length. But whatever. It's his race, too. We all deal with it. Same, same for everybody. DBC picks. Casey's mad. Look at her. She's doing emails. No, I'm not. I was looking at the script to see who goes first. Hey, who won this week? Woo-hoo! Freddie. By picking Kevin Harvick, and now Gee. it's six oh, yeah. to three to one with Brett leading over Freddie and TJ in last. My guy was so, doomed from the beginning. <laughs> Pass through penalty on the start of the race. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? really? Who do I want to? Who do I want to screw this week? <laughs> pick Clint. So we don't got to listen to Brett. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm doing. I'm picking. I'm picking Clint Boyer. We got to pick twice, Clint? don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Boyer. You have Miami after. Okay. Ooh. I'm picking Clint. All right, Brett, who you got? At Martinsville? I'm in the red, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all your good guys are gone. Yeah. You might, might as well take Quinn Huff. <laughs> 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 I have a guy left by the name of Denny Hamlin. Guess who I'm taking to Martinsville? TJ's favorite, Denny Hamlin. That's going to come back to haunt you. <laughs> Freddie? Huh. I don't know who the hell I want to pick. Sound like TJ. That's a, that's a drink. I'm going to take guy one with here twice. I'll take old Bubba Wallace. All right. If you went with that pick, if you went with that pick, <laughs> oh, I'll kiss everybody's ass in Marksville. Bend over, baby. Line them up. <laughs> All right, now All Miami right. picks. TJ. Man, I got to roll with um, – this is good. This is going to sound really crazy, man. But I'm going with uh, Jimmy Johnson. Whoo, Jimmy Jam. I am going to go with a two-time Xfinity Series champion who is a rookie in the NASCAR Cup Series. My guy who likes to ride the rim – Tyler the Ram Reddick. That's a good one. I like that pick. I was gonna, I was gonna pick him, but How I about his new nickname, him. the Ram. Does that sound the good? Ram. It's kind of sad because we're going to Miami, and you guys can't pick Larson, and Larson is always picked at this race. Hey, Larson always knocks the right side <laughs> off his car. He rarely finishes good at Miami. He runs good down there. Yeah, but he's running the world of outlaws. So you we'll, know what? We'll, we'll catch him in twenty twenty one. You know why I was going to be against Tyler there is because I know Tyler likes to hit the fence there, and that old Xfinity body snaps out a lot better than the Cup body. Yeah, I know them Xfinity bodies are tough, man. That hey, Cup I'll body, you, man, you hit it and it's done. Tyler did good. He was a uh, he was uh, actually very good in the beginning of the race yesterday. Then I better than uh, he was noticeably noticeably good again. So good for Tyler. Freddie, who you got? I don't know. Take a drink. I'll take. <laughs> I'll take Bowman. Bowman is a solid pick. Bowman wasn't as good yesterday as I thought he would be either. I thought he'd be better at Atlanta. Well, good luck over the next two races. Casey, what we need this week is good forecast for Wednesday because it yeah. is 50 to 60% chance of rain on Wednesday. We don't need a hiccup in the schedule. We need to go to Martinsville, be able to run a cool race there. It's a night race, obviously, being that it's a midweek race. I love midweek races. Love them. Me too. But we need good weather. I think this is a, this is a 
golden opportunity for NASCAR on Wednesday nights right here. Short track at Martinsville under the lights. We need good weather for it for sure. So everybody watch. this could be a home. This could be a home run. Short track, new package. Hopefully the guys got to got to drive it a little bit. You know, hopefully there's some bumping and banging, and uh, you know we we really uh, you know we really uh, get the audience's viewing locked in to NASCAR on it because it's going to be a golden opportunity. Perfect. Well, as you, always, can you be any more bored, Casey? What? I mean, you guys are just talking so monotone right now at the end. Tired. Oh, we we talk like you look. I just came up with a new nickname for Tyler Reddick. You should be excited. What was it? I just what was thrilled. It? I look at that. her. Oh my gosh. Oh god. That's my big dog. That means she's got. <laughs> we gotta let her out. Let out the dog, Bodie. <laughs> Cocky. Does that dog? Does that dog got a bad stomach too? Uh, this 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 dog's bless her heart, man. She's fourteen. She's seen her better day, man. She's got cataracts. She's got cysts. She's got something called Cush disease, which means she's hungry all the time, like me. Yeah. Uh, man, she's she's seen her brighter day. She's Aww. deaf because she got a hold of some chewing gum. Man, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's something in a chewing gum called like Zizatol, and I might have just made that word up. That might not be accurate, but it's some really weird. Uh, spelled word with a bunch of X, Y's, and Z's in it, and if a dog gets a hold of it, it shuts their liver down. So she got a hold of this gum, man. I had to take her to the emergency room, and I spent about a gazillion dollars, and the stuff they had to give her to keep her alive and keep her liver functioning, it made her deaf. Uh, man, bless her heart. Love her to death. Cocky Jewel, that's her name. She's Aww. named after the mascot for the Gamecocks. Even though she's a girl, her name's Cocky. I think Kylo was born with... Uh Something like that, because he hasn't listened since day one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in this week, man. Marsville, we need you guys. I mean, we need good ratings, good weather, and uh, yeah, let's go racing again. I love all these racing. Yeah, have a great week, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. Word. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully it's a great race. We out. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.